Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey guys, what's up? It's Savannah. Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so happy you are here. Happy Thursday, you guys. I hope you all have been having a great week so far. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I want to remind you all to go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We post every single week on Thursdays and you are not going to want to miss it. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Now, as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, we have a couple different topics to go over. We are back with another What Would Sav Do Today. These are episodes that I like to throw in once every, you know, four weeks. I like to do them once a month. And basically, if you do not know what a What Would Sav Do is, you guys write in whatever's going on in your life, your questions, your concerns, if you have a situation that is stressing you out and me, Sav, hey, hi, hello, I tell you what I would do in said situation. So this is just a time where you and I get to really catch up. I get to tell you what I would do. I get to give you some advice, hopefully, and we get to just kind of hang out together. So that is why I love doing these episodes. These are my favorite segments to film, honestly. I love being able to connect with you guys in this way. This is honestly something that we have been doing for years. We did What Was Savvy's Way Before My Thoughts Exactly was ever a thing. We did them on my YouTube channel for years and years and years, like before Killer Instinct, before any of that. So I love being able to, you know, bring back old segments like this. So with that being said, we are going to jump into it today. And if you want to be a part of the next What Would Sav Do, make sure you go ahead and follow My Thoughts Exactly on Instagram. It's just at My Thoughts Exactly podcast. It's always in the description of every podcast and every YouTube uh, video version as well. So make sure you go follow. That way you are always up to date with what is going on with episodes. You guys can give your input, opinion all of the things. So let's jump into it today. Okay, first up, what would Sav do if a coworker talks to you like you're dumb or in a very rude way, even though you just started? Now, this is a little different because obviously I don't have the most traditional job where I go into an office or I'm surrounded by people in a workplace. However, I do have friends who have gone through this same exact problem, this similar issue, and I have a couple things to say about it. The first is that oftentimes people, for no rhyme or reason, find a way to be rude, standoffish, mean when it comes to new people coming in, starting at a job that they're working at. A lot of times this could kind of be like a superiority complex. Like they feel like they need to kind of like put you in place and let you know that like they've been here for a while. They know the ropes, they're in charge. And it's very much a superiority thing. Oftentimes it's just a demeaning thing. They like to, again, feel like they're in control. So they like to be a bitch. They like to be rude. They like to be standoffish. But here's what I would recommend in this situation. I think, and this is just a me personally type of deal, I have always abided by, you know, 
proving people wrong with my actions rather than my words. So if someone is rude to me, if someone is mean to me, if someone's being a bitch, if someone is being standoffish or just talking out of pocket, when it comes to this type of scenario, like a workplace or, you know, any sort of working environment, I always like to approach it in a way where I'm going to prove them wrong rather than sit there and banter with them or give in to their attitude, which is ultimately what they want. So I will just outperform. I will do my job and do my job real well. I will keep my head down. I will not engage because my performance and my work will always speak for itself. And that's the way that I've always approached these things. Now, granted, I do think that there is a line because I do think that oftentimes when you don't react, things can get worse. And that's just with a that just comes with a certain type of person that's like really trying to push your buttons. So if it does cross a certain line, I do think there's a point where you can go to a superior. I do think that like, you know, the banter back and forth or the banter within each other is like never appropriate when it comes to a workplace. I think that having a proper sit down conversation, either with a superior, a manager, someone who can help guide you through this, you know, and it's not, it doesn't have to be a tattletale type of thing. It can more so be a situation of you sitting down with a superior and saying, hey, I've been really having some struggles with some coworkers who have been demeaning and undermining me. And I'm just trying to situate myself. However, it's making it very difficult to do so. Like you don't need to name drop. You don't need to say anything. But if you do feel like it's getting to a point where it is affecting you very heavily, then I think that's the route that I would go. However, I do think that if you can try your best to kind of just stay in your lane, do your work and outshine in that way and outperform in that way, that's always the best revenge in my personal opinion. If like someone's barking and just like being a mosquito and like you just kind of want to like smack them away. Like I always think the best revenge is showing them up like showing them that they don't know what they're talking about showing them that they can talk all they want but like while they're talking you're working and you're outperforming and you're the one who's exceeding and you're the one who's succeeding and excelling and again don't let it get to you because those types of people are the ones that are the most insecure those types of people are the ones that you know they feel some type of way about a new person coming into their environment and it's a superiority thing and it does not reflect you in any way anyone could have come into that position and had the same experience but just remind yourself that that is a them problem they are projecting their own insecurities projecting their own issues onto you because they are so insecure and unhappy in their own life that they can't just exist and they feel like they have to take down everyone else in the process. And I do think that sometimes the workplace can be a very mean girl, clicky type of situation, which I don't agree with by any means. And again, I've never experienced personally, but I have, you know, had friends who have, you know, expressed that. And I do think it's important to try your best to not engage in that behavior because it's very easy to stoop to their level. It's very easy to be like, oh, well, they're, you know, saying this, so I'm going to say that, or, you know, I'm going to fight back or I'm going to talk back. It's very easy to want to stoop to someone else's level when they continuously push your buttons, but it will never make you feel like the bigger person in the end. It'll never make you feel better in the end. You know, I'm not saying don't stand up for yourself because I do think that there is a point in time where you need to, you know, but I do think it's also important to remember that by stooping to their level, you are never going to 
feel like the bigger person. You will feel like the bigger person by being the bigger person in the ways that I've just explained. So I hope that that helps a little bit and I hope that that gets better for you soon because that is a really shitty situation to be in. But again, just remind yourself that it has nothing to do with you and they are just trying to undermine and control a situation in any way that they know how. It's honestly very desperate on their part if you think about it. Like that is such a sad life to live if you feel like the only way that you can feel better about yourself is by putting someone else down who was like quite simply just you know like you you're just going into work like you're just doing your job you know and they feel the need to belittle you and ridicule you and I just think that that's very very low life behavior so just remind yourself that you're better than that you're above that you're the bigger person and don't engage in that type of energy just push it to the side All right, next one. I don't know how to stop overthinking so much. It's affecting my relationship and I don't know what to do. What would Sav do? Please help. Okay, I have always been someone who, and I've talked about this before, I am someone who has experienced anxiety on all levels, but the main focus of my anxiety and like where it stresses me out the most is when it comes to relationships. I have definitely suffered from relationship anxiety for years and years and years. And I think that what I can really just kind of sum it all up to be is you really have to sit there and you have to ask yourself first of all you didn't really explain like what kind of anxiety you were experiencing around your relationship if it's you know are you worried that your partner is going to go out and cheat or that they're lying to you or that they're gonna break up with you one day or that something bad is gonna happen like there's a lot of different little things that can exist within the umbrella of relationship anxiety so I think when we look at that and break it down you really need to sit there and ask yourself are you really concerned with what's going on like is the narrative that you're feeding yourself like oh are they cheating are they lying are they out doing something they're not supposed to be doing is that just you hyping yourself up and making yourself more anxious or are you actually in your heart of hearts like in your true gut instinct do you really feel like that is the case because I know personally for me in my anxiousness of relationships I've really had to sit there and be like okay am I just stressing myself out like I have a tendency to do that when it comes to anxiety personally like I will definitely overhype a situation or overstress a situation and then I'll have to you know text six different friends and have them bring me down and be like Savannah like that's it's okay like it's not that big of a deal like you know it's not you're over like you are over hyping this in your head you're making this a bigger deal than it is and that's not you know to say that my friends are sitting there calling me crazy but they're just calling it how they see it which is you know they know me they know that I get severe anxiety when it comes to certain relationship situations and they know that sometimes they need to check me and put me into place because they will also be the first to tell me if something is wrong if something does not seem right you know so I think it's really important to sit there and ask yourself like okay this situation, this scenario, am I really, really actually worried or is this just my anxiety feeding me this narrative, right? Because that's what anxiety does. It likes to feed you these stories. It likes to feed you these narratives of the could-haves and the should-haves and the what-ifs, you know, and we feed into that. Like we also feed into that narrative once those things start to come into our minds. We're like, oh yeah, like what if he's doing that? Or what if he's doing this? And then we branch out into all these different ideas and you need to just sit there and take a breath and slow down. And you need to ask yourself, like, am I actually worried about this? Am I actually concerned that they are going to act out of pocket, that they're going to do something that is going to be disloyal or they're going to lose my trust over? 
or is this my anxiety? Now, I also think it's important to have this conversation with your partner and have the conversation with the person that you're in a relationship with because overthinking is never fun. Like take it from the world's worst overthinker. I've said this a million times, like all of my friends who are also overthinkers will always tell me that I'm the worst overthinker they've ever met. It's a great compliment to have. Um, but it's important that to understand that you do not have to sit in your overthinking alone. Like you don't have to suffer through this alone. Like if you are with your person, if you're with your partner, if you're with a, if you are in a relationship with someone, you can have the conversation with them. You should feel comfortable to be like, Hey, listen, like I really struggle with anxiety. I do struggle with these issues and I don't want it to come between us in our relationship. So I think it's important for us to have an open dialogue about it because at the end of the day, like the more you overthink and drive yourself into this spiral, you are putting a wedge into your relationship. I can't tell you guys how many times I've sabotaged relationships by overthinking them and overthinking that the worst thing was going to happen. And it never really did. Or if we did break up, it wasn't in any of the reasons that I thought we would, you know, I was always overthinking. And if that's one thing that I could go back and change about the relationships that I've had in the past, that would be it. Because what you're also doing is you're also taking yourself out of the moment from the relationship you're in. Like you're not allowing yourself to fully enjoy the experience of the relationship, which is what you deserve. Like you deserve to be in a happy relationship where you don't have to constantly overthink and you don't have to constantly deal with the anxiety. So in order to kind of tame that, I do think it's important to have an open dialogue with your partner just to be like, hey, I'm really struggling with my overthinking or hey I'm really struggling with my anxiety and I'm not trying to put that on you as like a blame type of deal but like it does stress me out and it would probably make me feel better if we could just kind of have like open check-ins on it and there shouldn't be anything wrong with that like if you are with a partner who is emotionally mature they should be willing and eager to have those conversations with you because they know that in the end if you are you know not overthinking and if you can subdue your anxiety that all in all is going to strengthen your relationship and it's going to make you both happier in the end so I think it's really important to just be okay with having those conversations like you don't have to sit there and struggle with it alone you know you should be able to have those conversations with your partner so that's what I think All right, so next up, I'm always so anxious, but I don't want to take medication. What's a way to help cope? What would Sav do? Okay, so I think that there's a couple different ways to go about this conversation. First of all, I think it's great to have an understanding of what you want to do versus don't want to do, because then we can go by process of elimination, right? So we can say, all right, you don't want to go on any medications or have any medicine to, you know, help um, with that, which I think is a good thing to recognize, you know, whatever your decision may end up being, whether you are someone who likes to go on medication for anxiety or any other antidepressants or anything like that, like obviously it's important to do your own research on all of those things. But if you decide that you don't want to do that, again, I think there are a couple ways we can go about it. Similarly to the last question that we just did, I think it's important to have those moments with yourself to help reflect and be like, okay, is my anxiety right now real? And I know it feels real in the moment. So don't think that I'm like, you know, trying to, you know, not 
or say it's not real because that's not what I mean. But what I mean is similarly to what I recently just said, you know, is the anxiety that I'm feeling, is that playing into a narrative or is it actually something that is happening in this moment right now? Because a lot of times our anxiety is there to, you know, overstimulate us and make us nervous and make us worried. We can't feel settled. And it's important to try and overpower it with your mind and just be like, okay, pushing that to the side, And again, trust me, I know this is easier said than done, but pushing it to the side and being like, okay, take a deep breath. What am I really anxious about? What is the core of it right now? And if it is something that is controllable and is fixable, then we can work on fixing it. But if it's not, here are some of the ways that I like to work through anxiety when I feel like nothing is working and nothing is helping. Because I think that, you know, I think a lot of us have been there in that where it's like, regardless of, you know, having those conversations with ourselves, regardless of, you know, telling ourselves that it's a story that we're being fed and a narrative that we're telling ourselves to only make our anxiety worse, sometimes that doesn't work. And I completely understand that. So here are the ways that I like to go about it. First thing that I've always loved to do is go for a drive. This has been something that is so beneficial to me in so many instances of my life, going for a drive with the windows down, you know, getting fresh air, listening to my favorite playlist. This is something that always helps me get out of my head and helps subdue and helps subdue my anxiety. It really helps me. And I don't know if this is, you know, if other people experiences too, but what really helps me is seeing other people, like seeing that there's other people out, you know, walking on the street or driving in their car. Like that's why I enjoy driving, not only for the fresh air part and just, you know, kind of getting out of my space, but I also enjoy seeing that there's other people out that are living their lives and like my anxiety, which makes it feel like the world is fucking ending sometimes is just my anxiety telling me that. So I like to do that. Another thing I like to do, if you don't have access to a car or anything like that, I like to go for a walk. That also I think is a great way just to kind of get out of your head. A lot of times when I've had anxiety, like, what has helped the most is getting out of my environment. So if I'm in the house all day or if I'm, you know, in my room or if I, wherever it is and I'm just getting pent up with anxiety and it's been a constant feeling throughout the day, I always think that the best cure is removing myself from my normal environment. Going to, I was going to say a coffee shop, but coffee's probably not best when you have anxiety. Going somewhere that just is out of your norm, out of your, you know, typical routine and just breaking things up a bit, I think really, really, really helps. So that would be like my top two. If you wanted tips for like staying at home and how to, you know, help it that way, I think even opening a window, like a Fresh air is so crucial, I think, because again, it just is, you know, waking you up a little bit. I also think, you know, taking a shower, that always is something that's really helped me and just kind of like, I don't know why, but when I get in the shower, I feel like I'm almost like washing it away in a weird way. Like that's how my mind kind of rationalizes it a lot of times. Like if I feel really anxious, I'll, you know, I'll get in the shower and I'll just, you know, I'll do my everything shower. Like I'll do all of the things, all of the scrubs, all of the lotions, all of the, you know, all of the masks, everything. 
that I feel like really helps putting on my favorite comfort movie or my favorite comfort show for me that's like Grey's Anatomy or One Tree Hill or um, I've really been into the ultimatum right now so that's something that I love the office things like that really lighthearted stuff I don't like getting into like you know the true crime or anything like that when I'm anxious because it only like makes it worse but if that's something that you love then I think that that would be great for you you know everyone is going to be different I also think lighting a candle you know dim the lights, not making everything so harsh, so bright, really trying to calm your environment. I like to make my room or my house almost like a spa. You know how spas are really dim. They have really relaxing music in the background or like the sound of a waterfall or like, you know, they have candles, really like incense, air purifiers. Like those are the vibes that I try to replicate in my house, especially when I'm feeling super anxious. That way it just helps calm me down. So those are some of the ways that I like to implement. Also something that I think is really important is having someone to talk to, you know, calling a friend, calling a family member and just being like, hey, I'm really anxious right now. Like, can you just, can we just chit chat for a little bit? And like just doing things that'll help distract you a little bit while also just getting you through the next few moments and getting you through that anxiousness that you're really feeling at the moment. So those are some of my favorite tips and tricks. But I also want you to know that I understand that like a lot of these things that I'm saying are a lot easier said than done. I understand that anxiety can sometimes feel paralyzing and it feels like, you know, you can't move and you can't breathe and like, you know, nothing is working and you don't know how to snap out of it. And I understand how painful full those moments can be. I've experienced them many, many times and I don't wish that on anyone. Like I think anxiety is such a horrible thing for people to have to experience and go through. And so I know it's not as easy as, you know, oh, well like have a conversation with yourself or oh, like light a candle. Like I understand that, but it's just, you know, the little things that you can do to help make yourself feel more at ease and more comfortable during those moments, you know, so that way it can help get you through it easier. Okay, next up. Hey, Sav, I recently got married and my husband is able to support us financially, so I quit my job since it was a toxic work environment. However, now I'm feeling really insecure about not having a job with everyone's opinion and living in a girl boss culture. How would you go about navigating this? I feel self-conscious being a stay-at-home wife since that's not the norm nowadays. Love you. What would Sav do? Okay, love you too. Congratulations on your marriage. I okay I think I might have a little bit of a conflicting opinion not conflicting an unpopular opinion when it comes to this that people might not like but I'm going to say it anyways so first of all I think it's very important just as a blanket statement to put it out there that whatever you decide to do in your life whether you want to be the you know the girl who runs five businesses or whether you want to be the stay-at-home wife who just does her own thing like whatever you decide to do in your life if it makes you happy and you're not hurting anyone then you should do it you know then I'm totally for it biggest cheerleader I support 100% like I think that that's so important I do think, okay, I do think that over the past couple years in society, we have pushed this girl boss culture almost to an extreme. And I think that in doing so, 
we are trying to combat with the more traditional roles of a household. So in doing so, we're going against the traditional roles of a household. Whoever is in that household and whatever your roles are, this whole girl boss culture has kind of flipped that on its head because in the past, in the more you know traditional sense, that has not always been the case. Now, I think it's also important to say that I totally, again, I feel like I need to really make myself clear when I say this. I am so for being your own boss, being a girl boss. Like I would qualify myself in that category too. You know, I think that it's great, but I also think that it's great to have that, those traditional roles. I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I think that so many times society has tried to push these new narratives to try and X out the old ones. And I'm not saying that they're all wrong at all. I'm just saying that as a society, we have really been trying to switch the roles and do a complete 180. So much so that we've sometimes been shaming people who still want to have those traditional roles of being the stay-at-home wife, of being the stay-at-home mom, of being, you know, just the, you know, the person who's at home. Like, I think that sometimes that role can be shamed because a lot of people, you know, are saying, well, why don't you want to be the girl boss? And why don't you want to like own your own business? And why don't you want to do all the things that you're supposed to be doing because you're just staying in that traditional toxic culture and whatever. Like a lot of people view view it as toxic. And I personally think that there is nothing wrong with having those, you know, traditional roles of the household. I think there's nothing wrong with having new roles of the household. I don't think that like I don't think that you can go wrong with your roles in the household. If you and your person decide that like this is how you want to navigate your life and the different roles that you two have, it should not matter what anyone else is doing inside of their house if it's not affecting you, if it's not hurting you, like it should not matter. And I do think that there is a shame on certain women who have adapted more of those traditional roles. And then you have, you know, the girl boss culture and it's not everyone in the girl boss culture. It really, really isn't. But you have more of that toxic side and more of that combative side that's coming at you and being like, well, why don't you want to like have these new roles? And why why would you want to be traditional in that sense? And, you know, oh, my God, it's so misogynistic and whatever. Like, I think that it's it can be toxic. But here's what I would say. There is nothing wrong with being the stay-at-home wife. There's nothing wrong with being the stay-at-home mom. It's not there's nothing wrong with having, you know, your husband be the breadwinner and you stay home because why wouldn't you? Like if he can financially support you, you know, I feel like this is almost a no doubt. Like if he can financially support you and you guys and you're not, you know, and you guys are comfortable and you're living a happy life, why the fuck does the rest matter? You know, like, why are we so concerned with what other people are doing with their lives? Like, I don't understand that. Like, I feel like whatever anyone wants to do, they should be allowed if they're not hurting anyone else and not hurting themselves. Like, I don't get why we need to shame people for, you know, wanting certain things for their own life. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with being the girl boss and, you know, having your own business, have five businesses, have 10. I don't care. Get your bag. But also there is that other side of it that appreciates being the stay at home wife, the stay at home mom and do you 
like enjoy that enjoy your life like don't let anyone talk down to you because you've decided to take what in their eyes is not the right path you know it works for you it works for your husband it works for your marriage and that's all that matters so try and push the you know comments from the peanut gallery to the side you don't need that in your life you don't need that negativity and just enjoy you know enjoy being the stay-at-home wife whatever that looks like for you i love that personally like i think that that's amazing so i think that if you are happy then that is all that matters don't feel the pressure don't fall under the societal pressure to feel like you need to stretch yourself too thin or that you're going to be throwing yourself into something you don't want to do just to appease society i think that's bullshit do what you want to do if you want to be the stay-at-home wife that you know tidies up the house and cooks and does the baking whatever it is go for it. I think that's great. Why wouldn't you? I would love to do that. That sounds so like so much fun. So all in all, I think it's important to remember that everyone nowadays feels entitled to give their opinion on everyone's life and what everyone is doing and what everyone, you know, has going on behind closed doors. Everyone feels this entitlement to give their opinion on why they think what you're doing is wrong. Don't let it get to you just don't. I, I know that's so much easier said than done, but everyone's going to have an opinion. And I can't sit here and say, you know, don't let people have an opinion because that's just not going to happen. And everyone's going to have an opinion and everyone is allowed in it to have one. But it's just when they push that opinion onto you, they push their, you know, their own ideologies and what they think is right onto you. You don't have to abide by that like you can do your own thing and be happy you don't have to be the girl boss all the time like this is your season of being the stay-at-home wife maybe in a couple years you'll want to start your own business and maybe that'll be your path and maybe then you'll you know want to kick it into like this girl boss gear and that'll be great for you but it also if not who cares just do you enjoy it enjoy this time that's what i would do All right, so moving on to the next one, it says, I just graduated college, I'm long distance, and I have a job. I'm not happy, but I'm doing what I need to do to make money. What would Sav do? Okay, so I think it's really important to remember in these instances where we feel helpless and we feel like, you know, very just mundane about life and we feel like we're just doing these things to exist and you know you're long distance and you graduated college you have a job and like you're just not happy but like you're doing what you have to do to survive kind of deal this feeling is very temporary it's important to remember that it will not last forever what you're going through right now will pass this feeling will pass and everything is going to situate itself and play out the way it's supposed to you know things are going to happen and things are going to fall into place where you won't feel like this forever it's just for right now you're doing what you have to do to survive and i think that there's also a culture shock like when it comes out of you know getting out of college graduating and going into your first like real adult job and like you're hit with adulthood like straight in the face again I didn't go to college really so I didn't have that but I have friends who had that and I know that the like culture shock of like coming out of college where like 
you know, you're an adult, but you still have classes and, you know, you're going to parties and bars and like, it's a whole thing versus like, oh, now, like now you're an adult adult. Like now that we've graduated, like now the real world hits and that can also be like a little bit of a shock as well. So just remind yourself that what you're feeling right now is very normal. I know a lot of my friends have felt the same exact way of getting out of college and realizing like, oh, like adult world, like we don't just get to like kind of mosey our way into it. It's not like a smooth transition it's like bam like you're an adult and like that's what this is now and it can feel very overwhelming it can feel very intimidating it can kind of feel like is this what my life is going to be like forever it's not this is just a transition period of your life to get you from point a to point b and it's important to remember that it's not going to last forever i would say just to kind of like make you feel better and to make life more exciting like plan things around your schedule right now that make you happy that you have things to look forward to whether that's just like facetime dates with your partner or like going to actually see them in person, having them come visit you or like making fun dates with your friends or just by yourself, like whatever you can do to like make this time right now feel a little bit more enjoyable. I very much encourage it, but also remember that this is a temporary feeling and it will not last forever. Oh, I love this one. Okay. What would you put on your seasonal bucket list to live more intentionally? I love that question. Um, something that I've really been prioritizing in my life as of lately to be very intentional is my relationships with people, you know, building strong bonds with people, building a community of friends and like building my tribe. Like to me that that is so important at this phase in my life, like building friendships that are long lasting, like having my people is really, really important to me. So in this season, I don't know if this really falls into what you were saying as far as like bucket list, but as far as being intentional, I'm being very intentional with who I surround myself with. I'm being very intentional with who I give my time to. I'm being very intentional as to what I say yes to, what I say no to. Um, and I'm being very intentional because, you know, I'm getting to a point in my life where like I'm seeing, you know, I've done the parties, I've done the bars and like, it's very fun. It's very exciting. I've lived that life. Now I have, you know, my person, I have a dog, I have have a little family that I love and they are my priority as well as creating like strong bonds and long-lasting friendships that can carry me out for the next few years and hopefully for a lifetime like to me I'm someone who has very much experienced like a recycling of friendships I have had many friends come and go and I think it's really important to kind of just find your tribe in that sense so that is something that I'm being very into intentional with is my friendships and I love you know as far as the seasonal stuff like when it comes to the holidays and stuff like that like bucket list type of deal like we are trying to encapsulate the throwbacks of the holidays so like when we were growing up like when we were all kids I think that the holidays are very were very different than what they are now obviously so just recreating our like old school I say old school, but like, you know, the throwbacks of what our holidays were like growing up and like encapsulating that feeling again. So we're going to do a little Halloween get together. We're going to do a little Christmas party and just make it very wholesome. Like I'm not trying to like go crazy anymore. Like I want hot chocolate. I want the Christmas movies. I want the Christmas lights. Like I want the Halloween games. Like that's my vibe and that's I know that sounds silly that's my vibe but like it is and you know having those wholesome things to recreate with like my friends and the people that I love and care about like that's really important to me so that's what I'm focusing on a lot in this season 
Okay. Do you find it okay if your husband watches porn but doesn't know that you know? What would Sav do? Okay, this type of question is very subjective because I am thinking of a friend of mine personally who is going through something very similar to this and we have had many, many, many conversations about it. Now, I think it's important to remember that everyone's going to have a different opinion on what they find okay versus not okay when it comes to watching that type of adult content online or wherever they get it. Like everyone's going to have a different standpoint on it. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. And if that is something that you are not okay with, then that is completely valid. And that's a conversation you need to have with him. If this is more a question of, you know, you are okay with it, but he's lying about it and he doesn't know that you know, you know, that's going to be a little, then that at that point is like, do do you really need, does he really need to tell you if you already know, like, and if you're okay with it, like at that point, I think it's a little bit more of a gray area. But if this is something where like, this is something that he does, you are not okay with it and you want to have that conversation, I think you are completely able to bring that up in a way that's like doesn't have to be again combative it doesn't have to be aggressive it can just be like hey listen like I this is what I always tell my friends to do when they like want to bring up a topic and that they never know like how to bring it up and maybe this is like a little bit toxic and maybe not super mature because you could just come out and say it like hey listen like I know you watch this and like I'm not okay with it you could do that but I always feel like it's better to have a little bit of a intro I don't know it just makes things easier a little bit I've I always use this method so when you and your partner are unwinding from your day when you're chit-chatting when you're gossiping when you're spilling tea like when you have that moment to talk I always suggest the method of bringing up a conversation that you personally have had with a friend you don't have to have had this com- you don't have to have this conversation with a friend in real life but we're just going to pretend that you did and i always will say okay i'm just going to give you an example maybe that'll be easier so i'll be talking to hayden and i'll be like okay listen i you'll never guess like the craziest thing happened today i'll be like i was on the phone with stephanie i don't know a stephanie but like if i did i was on the phone with stephanie and she was saying that her boyfriend was like watching porn and they have this whole conversation about it because like you know she's really not okay with it and they had to have this whole discussion about it and it really got me thinking you know like you know you and I have never talked about it but what is your stance on that like what do you think and then that's a way to like initiate the conversation does that make sense like bringing up the topic of conversation from someone else's standpoint just seems a little less aggressive when it comes to like these types of topics so those are the routes that like me and my friends will always use like we'll always just kind of like use each other in those situations um to bring up a topic like this again like you know stephanie never even had to have that conversation with her boyfriend for me to you know bring that up but again it's just a it's just kind of like a what do you call it it's just a a buffer that's what you call it it's a buffer so that's what i would do um but again you can also just be straight up about it and be like listen i know or i saw the other day that you have been watching this type of content and i'm really not okay with it like if you don't want to go the buffer route just be straight up about it and like stand your own and stand up for yourself and like you know you're allowed to have that opinion you're allowed to have those feelings so that's what i would do okay last one i'm in a long distance relationship i want to break up but he just bought plane tickets to be here for my sister's wedding do i wait to break up with him okay no 
no, we are not going to wait to break up with him for several reasons. First of all, in my last relationship, like my last like three year relationship, I knew that I wanted to break up with him for so long. Like I knew that I wanted to break up with him for quite some time because we were having so many issues and cheating and on his end, not mine. Um, and just lots of problems. And I would always be like, oh, and I would always find a reason not to break up with him. I would always be like, oh, well, like Christmas is coming up. I can't break up with him over Christmas. Oh, and then there's New Year's. Like we can't break up over New Year's. And then right after New Year's is my birthday. Can't do that. And then we have like one month until Valentine's Day. Can't do that either. Like who wants to be broken up with right around Valentine's Day? And then like, we're just so busy like these next couple months. And then I would, so basically, essentially, I would always make excuses as to like why I could not break up with him. When in reality, not only was that doing a disservice to myself, but it was also doing a great disservice to him. And I know personally, I would never want to be in a position where someone was just waiting to break up with me and like didn't break up with me because they felt bad that I bought a plane ticket, you know, like think about it in that way, like reverse the roles a little bit. You are doing yourself a disservice and him a disservice by just stringing this along any further when you know that you're ultimately going to break up with him in the end. So if I were you, I would definitely just bite the bullet. I would break up with him and it's going to suck and it's going to be hard, but it's going to be better for both of you in the end. You're not even going to really be able to enjoy your sister's wedding if you're just sitting there dragging him along knowing that you're going to break up with him shortly after like that's not fun for anyone so I would just save you him and your family of like having to be there for the wedding like all of that time and just end the relationship now I think that that is the best way to go about it so that is what I would do in the situation I would just end the relationship now and that way you can actually enjoy your time at your sister's wedding it's going to be hard it's going to suck no one likes breaking up with people but especially if you know that this is the right decision for yourself then I think 100 you should just do it especially if you have like no reservations no doubts or anything like that I think that just breaking up with him and then going on with your life like that's going to be what's best for you they always say and by letting him go you are also like setting you and him free so I think it's really important to remind yourself of that and just understand that like it's never going to be the right time to break up with someone it's never going to be the right moment I remember in my last breakup I I did it in a pretty shitty way honestly I we were going to look at apartments in LA for the last time before we were planning on moving up there and I drove over to his house no rhyme reason or I mean we let me backtrack there was rhyme there was reason there was explanation he cheated a million times over this was just a long time coming and I didn't expect it to happen on this day but I just woke up and I was like this is the day and I broke up with him and like there's never the right time to do it you're just going to have to do it especially if you know that this is the right decision for you and if it's the right decision for you it ultimately will also be the right decision for him and I wouldn't put him through having to go through a wedding and see your family and like get excited and only strengthen that connection and that bond when you know that this relationship is ultimately going to end so I would just end it now all right, you guys, that is going to be the end of it for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you so much for watching another episode of What Would Sav Do? I hope you enjoyed it. Again, make sure you go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly every Thursday. You're not going to want to miss it. I'll be back next Thursday with a brand new one, and I will see you there. Bye, guys.